Hey guys, Pete Mundo here. Thanks for checking out the show, especially as we ramp it up towards college football season getting underway. Uh, do us a big favor. We have gotten a lot of new listeners lately because of you. And if you could, just leave us a rating, a review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. And then if you send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll get a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail for you. That's my way of saying thanks so much. Appreciate it, guys. Enjoy the show, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Well, let's get it going. I'm Pete Mundo. We are HeartlandCollegeSports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet and we are weeks away just weeks away from the college football more importantly the big 12 season getting underway we were at big 12 media days last week we hope you caught all of our coverage on heartlandcollegesports.com on our you know podcast youtube radio show however you get us we had a ton of great content last week our instagram as well was very busy so appreciate you guys being a part of that I've been thinking about this conference this year and and how it's going to shake out. And the more people I talk to and the more conversations I have and the more digging I do in each one of these teams, I am starting to get more and more convinced that this is going to be the deepest and the most exciting Big 12 football season we might have had in half a decade. And we've had some great seasons. You know, it's been OU's conference now for half a decade, but we have had some great seasons in this conference. But having the conference championship game back adds another element to it in a good way. I love this conference championship game being back. But let's be honest. You went into it the past two years, whether it was OU-TCU the first time around or it was OU-Texas last year, feeling like it was Oklahoma's ball game to lose, right? They win each of those games. They're in the college football playoff. They were big favorites in each of those games. It was what a lot of us thought was going to happen. But this year, I look at the conference, and yes, I'm picking OU to win it. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not that crazy. I know I like Iowa State in it as well, but I pick OU to be in it, and they were my pick before the season to win the Big 12 Conference. But that middle of the pack, which has been solid for the Big 12 the last few seasons, but this year it has a chance to be as deep, as exciting, as it's been in a very long time. And it's entirely possible while OU is flooded with four and five star guys, and there's no shortage of talent there, we know that. And they still have a head coach who has taken over OU from Bob Stoops and arguably improved the program. And they have an exciting new young defensive coordinator in Alex Grinch. That middle of the pack has the potential to be as deep and as exciting as it's been um, in many, many years. Because look at, I mean, look at the arguments you can make for after Texas, who, you know, I can understand the Big 12 media as a whole picked Texas to finish in second place. In our Heartland College sports poll, we had Iowa State and Texas tied for a second, or excuse me, Iowa State had a slight edge. Iowa State had the tiebreaker in our polls by a point. Texas was third. I'm not against the idea of Texas finishing second in this conference, making a run to uh, the Big 12 championship game. But after that, when you look at Iowa State, maybe the deepest, most complete team in the entire conference, you look at Texas, 
They have the best quarterback in the conference. Maybe not the best quarterback stats, but the best quarterback in the conference. I love Jalen Hurts. He's playing for the best coach, at least offensive coach in the entire conference. Guys won back-to-back Heisman trophies. But if you have to pick a Big 12 quarterback today to win you one game, today, put the coaching aside, you've got to go Sam Ellinger, right? I think that's reasonable to say. So in that case, you have Texas with the best quarterback. They're losing a lot on defense. I trust Todd Orlando to you know, rejuvenate that side of the ball, but there still are question marks there. Everyone just wants to say Texas is back, and I'm fine having that conversation. I think they um, have a good chance of being back, but I think we're putting too much stock into the Georgia win in the Sugar Bowl from last year. There still are, are – um, Roles that need to be filled and positions that have to be filled for that team in that program. Iowa State bounce. After that, TCU. Gary Patterson, when the guy goes 500, he comes back and wins 10, 11 games. Look at his track record. That's what happens. I think the defense is going to be as good as ever. Secondary is outstanding. If he gets a little push up front, which he should with guys coming back from injuries, um, he's going to be in fine shape there. The question is, who's his quarterback? He told us last week at Big 12 Media Days, he's got six. The old saying, if you have six quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks, right? If you have multiple quarterbacks, you don't have one. Gary Patterson is going to put that uh, theory to the test these next few weeks. But the good news for him is he got to a Big 12 championship game and won double-digit games with Kenny, Kenny Hill. You know, I like Kenny Hill. He's a nice player. He's still Kenny Hill. All right? I mean, that's who he is. And if you go down the list there from teams that can compete in that middle of the pack, look at a team like Texas Tech, Alan Bowman. Is that the most underrated quarterback? Forget the Big 12. Is Alan Bowman the most underrated quarterback in the country? Fair question. That guy can sling it, man. And I don't think he's a product of Cliff Kingsbury. Now, I give Kingsbury a ton of credit for getting him to Lubbock. He was a three-star guy coming out of high school at a grapevine, I think it was, up in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area. Cliff Kingsbury, for all his flaws, the eye that that guy has for quarterback talent is unbelievable. I mean, it, is, it is special, man, the eye that Cliff Kingsbury has for quarterback talent. So, you know, Matt Wells. Matt Wells may be the most overlooked coach in this whole turnover cycle in the big 12, because you have less miles for everybody's talking about unless uh, I don't know. Less is in a weird situation right now. He's got another player, a DUI charge against him this past week. Just, just weird, very weird situation. Um, so we're going to actually talk to Sam Mays of the franchise down in Oklahoma city on the podcast and radio show this week. So be sure to stay tuned for that because we're going to talk to him about that. And he played for Les Miles at Oklahoma State. I want to get his thoughts on what he saw to Les Miles at Big 12 Media Days last week. Um, anyway, we've got Texas Tech, Matt Wells, who may be the most overlooked of the new coaches in the Big 12, with a team that, you know, may be undervalued. I'm not saying it's a team that's going to compete near the top of the Big 12. I don't think it is. But they may be undervalued. Oklahoma State, Mike Gundy admitting to us at Big 12 Media Days last week, hey, guys, you know what? I took the foot off the pedal last year. When does a head coach say that at this level, at the Power 5 level? When does a head coach say that in his 14th year on the job? And that was, that was jaw-dropping for me when I heard Mike Gundy say that. 
Um, and, and now he comes back with a Blitnikoff winner, uh, Blitnikoff winner, Blit, a guy that should be a Blitnikoff finalist in Tylen Wallace, and a running back in Chubba Hubbard who, you know, things go right for Chubba Hubbard. That guy is going to be a nationally known name here by Halloween. There's no reason he shouldn't be, to be totally honest. I mean, he's a stud, man. And if they figure out the quarterback, if Spencer Sanders can be what we think he is going to be, what he has the potential to be based on what we know, uh, Mike Gundy finds himself in a fascinating spot. And I don't know Spencer Sanders because we didn't get to see him play last year, and, and that's going to be debated. If Spencer Sanders gets off to a slow start, you know, Mike Gundy's going to be taking more heat for, for not letting him play in a couple games last year when he could have played in three and redshirted. I still don't get it, but, you know, you hope Mike Gundy's got a method of the madness here with all this. But if Spencer Sanders, I'm not saying he can throw like a Mason Rudolph or a Brandon Whedon, but if he can throw, you know, not even half as well as those guys, and he's got some wheels, that adds an element to Mike Gundy's offense that he has not traditionally had. Yeah, Corn Dog could run it up the middle for 10 yards if he wanted to, if he needed to. Big guy, burly guy. But, you know, you talk about a true dual threat. Mike Gundy has, has not traditionally had that at Oklahoma State, so that could be fun. But I, I just think we're going to have a lot of grind-em-out games. And I even forgot about Baylor, and I don't mean to forget about Baylor. But um, Matt Rule, he's gotten NFL looks the past two years. He talked to Big 12 Media Days how he was voted, I think it was the most trusted coach in the state of Texas, college coach in the state of Texas. Getting that reputation for a guy from the Northeast. I'm somebody who, you know, grew up in the Northeast. My first radio job was in Woodward, Oklahoma. We are on there. We do our, um, do our show there as well. It's one of the stations that carries us and carries the show. So we appreciate those guys out in Woodward on Z92. But I'm somebody who was from the Northeast, went down to Oklahoma, Went back to New York for CBS Sports and Sports Illustrated. Now I'm in Kansas City doing a radio show there every morning on KCMO. But when you're a Northeast transplant, it is tough sometimes. You got to earn that respect from, from uh, Midwestern folks. And you should, frankly. They have reason not to trust you. You know, there's a lot of people from the Northeast. There's a reason I don't live there anymore. <laughs> a lot of jerks, to put it politely. If we weren't on radio, I'd use a different word. But you know what word I want to use. The fact that Matt Rule is the guy who gets, who gets it and who is that respected, it's a testament to him. It's a testament to who he's hired. And the fact that he has gone from one win to seven wins with NFL interest the past two offseasons and now potentially taking that next leap with a veteran quarterback in Charlie Brewer. I mean, Charlie Brewer um, is taking some of the most snaps of any quarterback right now in the Big 12. If they can just play a semblance of decent defense, is Baylor, if things break right, if the ball falls their way, so to speak, the old cliche, are they a team that's looking at nine, ten wins? You can make that argument. You can make that best-case scenario argument of nine to ten wins for more than half of the Big 12. You can do it for Baylor, Iowa State, Oklahoma, TCU, Texas. That's half right there. If you want to throw in Oklahoma State, so be it. But when you can make a case for double-digit wins for half of a conference, you're getting ready for a hell of a year. And with only two quarterbacks at Big 12 Media Days, I'm not saying we're going back to the old, uh, old days in the Big 12 with wing T or anything like that. I don't think that's going to be the case. But with only two quarterbacks 
from the Big 12 at Big 12 Media Days and Skylar Thompson at Kansas State and then also San Langer at Texas. You know, there, there's some questions to be answered around this conference. There are quarterback races to be had. There are going to be a lot of fun to follow, and I cannot wait for the next month. I know we've got the season coming up here, um, Labor Day weekend, but I cannot wait to see some of these quarterback battles shake out. I left out Kansas State. I left out Kansas. I left out uh, West Virginia in this conversation. West Virginia is getting a lot of love from Vegas. I'll talk about that, too, more later in the show. And I love the hire of Neil Brown. Love it. I just think that there's a lot of work to be done there. And I don't know what Austin Kendall is. There's a lot of work around him, and I don't know what he is. Guys have played quarterback consistently in, what, four years? And while Chris Kleiman, I think, is going to do good things, it's a rebuild. It's a process there. Skylar Thompson's a good quarterback. He's lost Hunter Rise, and he's got work on his hands there in offense. Um, defense is in better shape, but still. And for KU, I, what do you say with less miles? If they win three games, it's a major success. But the middle of this conference, the, the, the heart and soul of this conference, man, it's going to be fun every Saturday in this league. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Appreciate you guys joining us. We've got a whole lot more. Don't go anywhere. Coming up next. So what could have been with the Pac-16 and no Big 12? Hey there, it's Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks for continuing to join us here on the show. Uh, David Ubbin used to cover the Big 12 pretty extensively. He is now with The Athletic, and he wrote a very interesting piece in The Athletic about what could have been with the Pac-16 and basically the implosion of the Big 12, which was, geez, nine years now. In some ways, it feels like a lifetime ago. In other ways, it feels like just yesterday. It's one of those weird deals. But uh, first off, there is no doubt in my mind, the Big 12 is much better off than it would have been with some of these teams in the Pac-16. Not even a question. Now, obviously, schools like Iowa State, um, Kansas State, Baylor, Kansas, they are incredibly happy that the Big 12 stayed intact because let's not kid ourselves. Kansas State and Iowa State would not be pulling in you know, 30, 35 million bucks a year in TV revenue if they were left in the dark here, if the Pac-12 had basically taken away a bunch of Big 12 teams. It saved a lot of the conference. Well, it saved the entire conference, but it especially saved some of the teams that were not massive TV revenue generators. But thank goodness this deal imploded. That was a weird year. That was a weird summer, summer of 2010. But the Big 12 and, and some folks, whether it was OU, Texas, were infatuated by this idea of going west. And they were infatuated by this idea of being in the same conversation as the elites of UCLA and Stanford and USC on the academic level. Frankly, I don't think that would have changed anything when it comes to academics. Yeah, Texas is a really good school. It's one of the best public universities in America. I don't think Texas would have built its brand any better academically or sports-wise by being a part of this Pac-16. Call me crazy. Call me a Big 12 homer. I don't think that would have been the case. Now, DeLos Dodds, who was the AD back then for Texas, he was quoted in this thing as saying, well, we're worried about the Olympic sports and, you know, the basketball team and the uh, field hockey team flying back at 
4 a.m. and going to class the next day from a you know game at UCLA. Let's not kid ourselves. This was all about football, baby. It always is about football. Always has been about football. It always will be about football. But when you look at the Power Five hierarchy right now, you can debate the top three. You can have that conversation. Um, I would say right now, yes, the SEC is at the top. You can debate Big Ten, Big 12, two. And then I think you got the ACC at four. Um, The ACC might dispute that, but they have been carried by one team. There's a lot of mediocrity in that ACC outside of Clemson. And then dead last, no one's going to argue that right now the Pac-12 is the fifth of the Power Five conferences. That is not even uh, part of the conversation. You can't deny that. The biggest Pac-12 fan in America is not going to argue with you a lot on that. There's just no way to put it. So this Big 12 not imploding nine years ago and not seeing OU, Oklahoma State, Texas, Texas Tech, Colorado, and Nebraska go west was the best thing that happened in the conference. Now, uh, Nebraska, I think, is having buyer's remorse. They'll tell you they don't. They'll tell you, oh, we love the Big Ten. We love the universities. Uh, we love the academic side of it. You're telling me a Nebraska fan does not miss playing some of the schools like its old rivals, K-State, Iowa State, and then OU Texas. You're telling me they don't miss that? Especially being in the Big Ten West, not even in the Big Ten East. I know you have crossover games, but my goodness, you don't get Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State every year. You don't get that. You get the crossovers every few years. You don't get that. Nebraska, they'll never admit it, but boy, I think they made a mistake. They're getting all the money in the world. They're fine with that, but I think deep down, they would admit they made a mistake. Uh, Somebody who I didn't realize at the time, you know, in summer of 2010, I was not in the uh, Big 12 marketplace yet. I moved to Oklahoma for my first radio job in 2011. That's when I really uh, gotten heavily in on this whole deal. I did not realize that then-Missouri Governor Jay Nixon was such a big proponent of getting Missouri out of the Big 12. He wanted the Big 10, obviously. And Missouri's pitch was, we can deliver the Kansas City and St. Louis markets, and those are two you know, top 30, top 35 markets in a way that Nebraska can't. But the Big Ten, boy, they really stuck it to Mizzou, huh? The Big Ten selects Nebraska over Mizzou, even though Nebraska, which, yes, is a national brand and has a massive national history, but still, they don't really have any media markets in the state, per se. Omaha's 60-something on the media side, whereas Mizzou could have delivered St. Louis and Kansas City to top 30 media markets. So that was a real slap in the face to Mizzou, And I guess they were so embarrassed they ran off to the SEC. That's another school. Uh, You think that Mizzou fans are happy right now deep down in the SEC? They are a fish out of water in the SEC. And I'll tell you right now, I'd take them back in the Big 12. I'd say, water under the bridge. I know you guys left. I know you were unhappy. I'd take them back in the Big 12 in a heartbeat. It's not going to happen. But I I would love to have them back. You miss them here. I'm in Kansas City. It feels like, you know, you have KU, you got K-State, and now there's kind of like, oh, yeah, Mizzou. And there are billboards around town here in KC calling them like Missouri's football team or something like that, which uh, uh, Missouri's college team, I don't know. It's a weird billboard. It's like begging for attention. I don't quite understand it, especially when you got the Chiefs in town here for the NFL, obviously. Don't quite get the pitch they're going for, but they just kind of feel like an afterthought to me in the Kansas City marketplace 
which obviously was not the case when they were back in the Big 12. But it's a really interesting read, um, you know, in, in what could have been for this Pac-16. But you look at what a disaster the Pac-12 is from a network standpoint, from an on-field success standpoint in football and in basketball. It is the most irrelevant Power 5 conference. And sure, that might have been different if all those Big 12 schools had joined, but it would have still been awkward. One thing the Big 12 has going for it right now is great geographic unity, West Virginia notwithstanding, although I think West Virginia fits in the mold of the Big 12 from a cultural standpoint very well. And it's got the full round robin, and it doesn't have too many Chiefs and not enough Indians. Can you say that? Let's have a more PC line than that. They do not have too many chefs in the kitchen. I think everyone knows in the Big 12 that Texas and Oklahoma, when it comes to power brokers, are kind of running the conference, which if you're an Iowa State fan, you should be fine with. You know? You're pulling in your 35, 40 million bucks a year because you're in the Big 12. You're going to be competing for a Big 12 championship this year, I think, on the football field. Uh, you know, what more do you need? Put the ego aside. You're winning games on the field. You had a good basketball program. You won the Big 12 tournament last year. You could be playing for a Big 12 championship this year in football. Uh, let the ego go to OU. Let the ego go to uh, Texas. You just keep raking in the money and winning. That's all you can ask for. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. We wrap up the show coming up next. Well, let's talk some updated Big 12 odds for a few minutes. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, where your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Appreciate you joining us here on the show. All right, so Heisman odds came out. Derek Duke talked about this. Jalen Hurts is at 10 to 1 to win the Heisman Trophy. Sam Ellinger is at 15 to 1. Austin Kendall at West Virginia is at 5,000 to 1. And wide receiver, Oklahoma State wide receiver, Tylen Wallace at 100 to 1. This per uh, Bovada. And these are the Big 12 players with the best odds. First off, the fact that Austin Kendall's on the list and Tylen Wallace is on the list when it's always a quarterback. I mean, you have to have, forget being a wide receiver. At this point, you have to have a ridiculous season as a running back to even be considered for this. Wide receiver, those days are over. Think about the great seasons Justin Blackman had at Oklahoma State, and no one really talked about him as a Heisman contender, if you recall. But the idea that Austin Kendall's on the list at West Virginia and guys like Alan Bowman, guys like Brock Purdy, guys like Charlie Brewer are not on the list, I don't understand that. I, I just don't get it. I'm not trying to knock Austin Kendall, but the guy's never played a snap of college. Well, he's played a snap of college football, but he's barely played any college football, <laughs> right? I mean, where is this coming from? And it's not that I think Charlie Brewer at Baylor or Brock Purdy at Iowa State or, um, you know, Alan Bowman at Texas Tech are serious contenders for the Heisman Trophy. I admittedly don't think that. But does it mean I think Austin Kendall should be on the list? You know, maybe if he was bringing back some of the pieces from last year, but he's losing so many guys. 
losing a top tackle. He's losing Gary Jennings, David Sills. I mean, list goes on. He's got a new head coach, new system. Why Austin Kendall's on that list, I don't understand for the life of me. I have no idea at all. Really don't get it. So there you have it. Jalen Hurts should be. And it's not that I think Jalen Hurts is necessarily a better quarterback by the truest sense of the word than Sam Ellinger. But he's in Lincoln Riley's system. He's won the past two Heisman trophies. Yes, he's got four new offensive linemen to work behind. But how does any OU quarterback – I mean, I could be the OU quarterback, and I should be on that list, all right? I mean, seriously, I should be on the list if I was Lincoln Riley's quarterback. Never would be, but I should be on the list. Just like you could be on the list if you were Lincoln Riley's quarterback. The OU quarterback, until proven otherwise, has to have one of the best odds in the country to win the Heisman Trophy. That's not all that controversial at all. Um, Now for the odds to win the Big 12. These are updated. We'll talk about this as the season gets closer. But right now, OU's got the uh, best odds to win the Big 12 Conference. No shocker at all. It's um, it's minus 125. Essentially, that means you have to put down 125 to win a dollar. So negative odds for OU. Texas is three to one. Put down a dollar to win three. Iowa State eight to one. Dollar to win eight. West Virginia at 14 to one. What's going on here? I love the Mountaineers. I love Morgantown. I love the hire of Neil Brown. What the hell's going on in Las Vegas? Seriously, how is it possible that the Mountaineers have the fourth best dodge in the Big 12 right now? I don't get it. Ahead of Baylor at 18 to 1, ahead of TCU at 18 to 1, ahead of Oklahoma State at 20 to 1, ahead of Texas Tech, 23 to 1, K State, 50 to 1, Kansas, 100 to 1. Kansas odds may be a little generous, to be honest. That's ooh, 100 to 1 for Kansas. Should be 1,000 to 1. My goodness gracious. It's not a knock on West Virginia, but, uh, you know, in our Heartland College sports poll, we picked the Mountaineers to finish eighth in the Big 12. Now, I'm fine being wrong about that. It's, I would never root against the Mountaineers. As I mentioned, I'm pulling for them. I think Neil Brown can do great things at West Virginia. I think they upgraded at head coach. Going from Dana Holgerson to Neil Brown. Dana Holgerson was fun. He was a character. But in terms of you know running a program, being a brains behind the program, brains behind the operation, I would take Neil Brown over the next five years instead of Dana Holgerson over the next five years. I know what Dana Holgerson is. I think Neil Brown's ceiling is higher. Now, the floor may be higher for Dana Holgerson, but the ceiling is higher for Neil Brown. But the odds, uh, Baylor and TCU, to me, have better odds. Here's what I think the odds should be. OU, Texas, Iowa State, TCU, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, West Virginia, K-State, KU. That's what I would set the odds at in terms of, you know, top to bottom based on how I voted in our Heartland College sports poll for the Big 12 champion. But Vegas is thinking otherwise. Uh, Where that came from, I will never know. Unless there's like a lot of big money guys sitting on the strip right now in Las Vegas who are either just really big homers or just permanently drunk, putting down massive amounts of money on the West Virginia Mountaineers to win the uh, win the Big 12 Conference this fall. If it's the latter, God bless you guys. Uh, get home safe. But I think you're going to be disappointed come early December when you're not making money on the West Virginia Mountaineers winning the Big 12 
title. Total hunch, fellas. I don't want to burst your bubble. I don't want to be that guy. But it's just my hunch you're going to end up a bit disappointed. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate you guys. Have a great week, and please do leave us that rating, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and we'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie when you send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much, guys. Can't wait for the season. We'll talk to you next week.